welcome to the Reorg Europe podcast, your weekly roundup of the most interesting trends and developments in performing credit, stress and distress, restructuring and post-reorg in the European and senior markets. It's Tuesday, May the 23rd. I'm Caterina Dassier. Coming up this week, Deputy Editor Aurelia Seidehofer will sit down with me to discuss two distressed debt situations, Telecolumbus and Scholler. Senior reporter Lucia Camblor will talk about the comeback of bank risk appetite to back deals and the space of private credit. Reporter Farouk Balaj will then discuss UK broadband provider Talk Talk's upcoming debt maturities and broadband company Airband developments. Finally, senior reporter Beatrice Mavrolion will give us a roundup of what's going on in the primary market. There have been some restructuring advisors, mandates at German telecoms company Telecolumbus and the Dutch uh, reusable packaging company Scholler. Can you tell us a bit more about Scholler first? Yes, of course. Scholler has been on our radar for a while because it has an RCF maturing in May 2024 and a 250 million bond maturing in November 2024. So uh, the company has a very poor track record in terms of cash generation and with the bond yielding about 30%, uh, refinancing looks quite challenging at the moment. We reported yesterday that the company is working with Julian Loki on an amended and extend proposal. So refinancing with a 30% yield is indeed very challenging, but if the company struggles to generate cash, an amended and extend transaction, which would likely require a higher coupon, also sounds tough. How could the company implement a deal? Yes, the company is expected to delever a bit from the first quarter net leverage of 5.6 times um, because it has recently separated its rental business from the manufacturing business and going forward the capex from the rental business or for the rental business will be financed separately, which Management said will reduce borrowings um, and in turn reduce leverage. And additionally, the company's financial performance is expected to recover a bit um, because some adverse effects like high energy and resident costs, um, as well as de- delayed orders from customers, should ease a bit. Um, and, and I think this is probably the most important point. The uh, sponsor Brookfield is um, expected to be supportive as well at least according to some investors. The sponsor has provided shareholder loans to the business in the past. Um, so there's some evidence that they are supportive. And some people said these loans could be equitized um, as part of a deal to reduce debt, perhaps. And um, yeah, and based on that, you know, there could be an amend and extend deal on that. Um, and there are also some people who still hope for a refinancing of the notes. Thank you, Aurelia. And uh, now, what is happening with Telecolumbus? Yes, so Telecolumbus um, also has maturities consisting of a term loan due in October 2024 and 650 million of notes due May 2025. So there's a total of about 1.3 billion of debt, quite a lot. Um, And the company's recent financial performance wasn't very good, uh, with a 50% drop year over year in EBITDA in the fourth quarter. Uh, which was driven by uh, high capex. 
So what is the company funding with the CapEx and what are they doing to address the maturities? Yes, so we reported that the company has hired uh, Pavela to explore some options for its maturities. And a lot of investors hope or expect that the shareholders, Morgan Stanley Infrastructure and United Internet, will provide um, a sizable equity check to support uh, a refinancing. Uh, Morgan Stanley bought a majority stake in the business in 2021, and the plan was to fund an ambitious plan for um, fiber internet connections for the company's customers, which are mainly in Eastern Germany. And at the time of the takeover, they wanted to spend a total of 2 billion over 10 years. But with the higher interest rate environment, a refinancing will be more expensive than they probably expected in 2021. Yes, that is true. And that is why some people are not so sure if both sponsors are still willing to provide um, a you know, sizable equity raise to fund the needed capex for this fiber strategy and at the same time support a refinancing of the notes. So um, it depends a bit whether the sponsors or one of the sponsors is confident enough to put in a lot of equity and perhaps pay down some of the company's debt to make it easier to refinance. Um, on the other hand, you could argue that uh, clearly these sponsors have a long-term plan here for the company. Um, I mean, they're thinking about 10 years, right? So it seems unlikely in some ways that they would uh, abandon you know, this, this plan now and that there would be an aggressive restructuring where bondholders would take over the company in a debt for equity swap. So um, I think uh, it remains a bit to be seen whether this, this changed environment with the high interest rates um, is enough of a factor or for the sponsors to maybe push the bondholders to share a bit in the pain via an amend and extend, for example. Thank you, Aurelia. Hi, Lucia. Have you seen a pickup in deal activity in Europe? And who are the main lenders? Are banks having more risk appetite? Hi, Kat. Uh, yes, well, we are seeing a few new deals coming to market and activity is picking up slightly. And actually, one interesting thing that we are seeing is banks starting to compete with private credit funds to pursue deals a lot more, as debt funds continue to be selective with the deals they choose to back and continue to focus on portfolio companies and add-ons. However, for those deals that need speed and certainty of execution, private credit will be the go-to. And Lucia, what's the current pricing for deals? Some sources noted that pricing for good credits has settled down, with Unitranch at a range of 6.5% to 7.25%. Meanwhile, for BB Plus companies, banks are pricing deals at 4.5% to 5% margin and an OID of 98%. And Lucia, could you give us some examples of deals in which banks have shown uh, their presence? Yes, Kat, sure. For instance, banks are lining up to finance a potential buyout of Austrian-based packaging company Constantia Flexibles. The company is being marketed off EBITDA of about 290 million euros in 2023, and leverage levels are expected up to five times, which will mean a debt financing of about 1.5 billion. 
In general, sources perceive this company as a stable business and it hasn't been hurt by cost pressures on raw materials. So this has reassured banks about the decision to compete for the financing. Meanwhile, in the European mid-market, we are seeing banks competing with direct lenders to finance a potential buyout of UK-based alternative legal service provider Lawyers on Demand Group, or LOD, with pitch leverage of up to 4.5 for direct lenders and three times for banks. The group is being marketed off EBITDA of 15 million pounds. Thank you, Lucia. Thank you, Kat. Hi, Farouk. You wrote about UK broadband provider TalkTalk Talk a couple of weeks ago. Can you tell us what's the issue with the company? Thanks, Katharina. Um, TalkTalk has to address upcoming debt maturities, including a £330 million RCF, which is due next year, and another £685 million senior secured note due in February 2025. The investors are particularly concerned about uh, refinancing risk related to the bonds. And why are they concerned about it? Because the group is underperforming and it doesn't have enough money. I mean, at the end of August last year, they had only 15 million of cash balance and 150 million in undrawn RCF, which left them with 165 million in liquidity. If they opt to make 30 million cash interest payments on their big notes, it could further reduce their cash balance. So the company is likely to underperform this year, uh, which ended on February 28, due to higher operating expenses and exceptional costs. Uh, in addition to that, the company's uh, growth prospects also remain a concern. Uh, with risk to earnings and cash generation because the UK telecoms market is expected to remain very competitive. Okay, all right. And what is the company doing about it? Well, they are in the process of selling their B2B segment called Business Direct. They could use the proceeds, uh, which are estimated around 200 million, to pay down some of its debt, um, the RCF, for example. The group is working on finalizing its annual results and is expected to engage with bondholders after the release of its annual report. Um, major shareholders have indicated their support for the business, according to our sources. Thanks, Farouk. You also wrote about Airband last week, another broadband company. Can you tell us about that situation? Sure. So Airband is looking to raise capital to finance its network expansion plan, which our sources think will be challenging for them. And why do your sources think it will be difficult? Well, this has more to do with the alternate sector as a whole rather than just airband. Let us first clarify that unlike TalkTalk, which is an incumbent telecom company like BT or Virgin Media, airband is an alternative telecommunications network company, also known as Altnets. And uh, as we speak, the entire alternate sector is under stress. Altnets are capital intensive with long-term financing needs. They have to invest in building infrastructure to reach a certain number of customers before they can become financially sustainable. And this can take several years. According to our sources, increased build costs, high debt servicing costs, and lower revenue outlook could hamper the sector's fiber deployment plans. For all these reasons, alternate providers with inadequate funds will struggle to raise capital. This is what the sources have been telling us. I see. And what is the financial situation of Airbend? Well, as per 2021 annual accounts, which is the latest that's publicly available, auditors warned of uh, material uncertainty regarding the company's ability to continue as a going concern. Uh, they stated that it will need new money. And uh, the same account shows that 
their losses widened due to higher operating expenses, and it burned cash to fund its ambitious network expansion plan. CapEx also jumped to about $34 million, compared with less than $9 million a year earlier because it spent a lot of money on building the network. Its cash balance shrank to $5.8 million at the end of 2021, compared to $16 million a year ago. So according to sources, the group is working to improve its operational structure and achieve cost efficiencies. And the company also indicated in its 2021 uh, report that it could scale back on network rollout if needed. Okay, uh, since you say the entire Altnet sector is under stress, can you tell us what other companies are at risk? Well, this is work in progress and all I can say is keep reading Reorg. Thank you, Farouk. Moving to the primary market now, welcome Beatrice. Could you please tell us a bit more about what has been going on in the primary market so far this week? Hello, Katerina. Um, This week, activity has been a bit slower in the primary market. Uh, Theme park operator Merlin Entertainments came to the market with a new senior secured notes to refinance its 2025 notes. Investors noted that performance has been strong. However, this has been largely driven by price increases, while visitor numbers have not returned to levels recorded before the COVID-19 pandemic, especially for the company's midway attractions, which includes the aquarium, the dungeons and Madame Tussauds. Cash flow generation is expected to be limited in the short term and EBITDA may may even be slightly lower as the UK UK government's COVID COVID support is withdrawn. However, after that, EBITDA is likely to grow as new Legoland facilities in China open in 2025. Chemicals company Solenis has also been marketing a $2.125 billion um, unsecured note due in 2028 to support its acquisition of U.S. cleaning product company Diverse. Investors said that the company has strong pricing power and recurring revenues and added that the sponsor um, Platinum Equity's sizable contribution is is positive. However, the deal is very aggressive in terms of adjustments to EBITDA, with leverage likely to be as high as seven times or 7.5 times rather than the 5.5 times level presented by the company. Stripping out EBITDA adjustments would result in no meaningful cash flow generation for about two years. Meanwhile, Diverse's standalone track record is disappointing, although this was partly due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Healthcare group Affidia is marketing a 150 million euro term loan B add-on with proceeds to be used for bolt-on acquisitions, drawn RCF repayment and general corporate purposes. Activity is expected to be quiet for the next couple of weeks because some issuers have not yet published their first quarter results. And with 2022 results getting a bit stale, it's difficult for them them to bring new deals uh, to the market without uh, recent financial results. the 27th annual global ABS conference in Barcelona from June 13th to June 15th. Register today to hear expert Jeff Kramer on the ESG methodologies and analytics panel. The three days conference returns has a major catalyst of structured product deal flow across Europe. Register now at rior.com or email marketing for more questions. We'd like to hear your feedback to help us improve the podcast experience, so please take a moment to complete the short survey at the link attached to this podcast and let us know how we're doing. 
More information on all of the situations and events discussed in this podcast are available on our website, reorg.com. We hope you can join us next Tuesday for another Reorg Europe podcast. Until then, have a great week and thank you very much for listening.